racing, it's, it's life. Anything that happens before or after, it's just waiting. Hello, everybody. We are back. Welcome to episode two of Timed Lap. Oh, we're back. Sorry for the gap, people, but we'll explain more about that as the show goes on. But we are here now. We'll be a lot more regular. So, oh, this is it. We've got a packed show. We thought we'd have a quiet off season, but we really haven't. So we've got a lot to talk about. So I can't do that on my own. I can't talk about this much excitement on my own. So I need my two co-hosts. And with me is a man who... You know, it's faster than a speeding bullet, faster than a speeding train, and knows all about trains because he is the man that keep, gets you to work on time in this country. And if you aren't on time, it's not his fault. It is Ryan. Hey, baby, how you doing? Stocks me in front of everyone. No. <laughs> no, I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. I didn't say where. No, that's know. true. Yeah. No, no, then, then, then I would get all of the abuse. Let's be honest. But <laughs> no, you, you, uh, you tell me what you do and how it works, and you're the reason that anything happens. And by the way, I forgot to say I'm Ashley and Selena. Hello. I should probably introduce myself. I was too busy trying to introduce you guys and myself. <laughs> yeah, but I'm Ashley and Selena. With me is Ryan, and also the lady that genuinely could tell you how much wood a woodchuck could chuck could chuck wood. However, you say that, she knows the number. But she's been sworn to secrecy to never tell you. It is Nick. Hey, Nick. I could also tell you how Carlos signed to make his pancakes. Oh, more on that later. Yes, I, I, I think I think it's fair to say it's certainly on this podcast as the number one Carlos Sainz fan. It's been a rough couple of weeks for you, baby. It really has. It really, really has. Mm. But we'll get on. To, we're going to get on to that because there is so much to freaking talk about. Okay, so a little um, quick bit of office work for you all. So, yeah, we launched our first episode last month. That was meant to cover us for a quiet off-season, and then everything happened. Unfortunately, getting our schedules to match didn't work. We were going to do an Autosport special one, but we'd have just been... In all honesty, the Autosport show was okay, but it's still getting better. The one thing we both didn't like was that the price for what was on offer was not good, but there wasn't enough oh content. God. It was bad, wasn't it, Ryan? I was well and truly in my overdraft after that day. Yeah. But basically with the Autosport show, it was nice to see a few bits and they are improving. But they, I think if I'm going to do it next year, I need to see a lot more improvement and a lot more stuff than what they had on. But it was better than the previous year, which was diabolical. But we are talking about doing the UK bike show, which is at the end of the year. So we could, I think we can get something out of that because that'd be good. But so we didn't do a podcast on that because we thought, we, yeah, we're not just going to put we're not just going to put podcasts out for podcast's sake just to fill the timeline. We want to do stuff when we've got stuff and things like that. We'd love to go weekly, but lives don't allow us to do that. So you'll get your rage reviews, you'll get all them kind of things. But if we feel that we haven't got anything to add, or you know, it's just not we're just not going to. But we've got plenty to add and we've got plenty to do now. So this is going to be good. So we are going to start off with, I think, probably one of the um, biggest shocks in the offseason since Nico Rosberg realised in January of 2017 he doesn't stand a chance in hell of beating Hamilton again this year, that year, and went. And everybody thought that Lewis Hamilton was Mercedes Life Ambassador. He's got a 24-25 deal, so we thought. He's just gonna he's gonna do a couple more years. He may he's probably gonna retire after that. There we go. All done. Oh, he's signed for Ferrari. Oh. Oh, and of course, we've been hearing about Hamilton to Ferrari stories for a year. I think even back in the like when 
when he was back in his old McLaren days and you're saying like in 07, 08, he's never going to leave McLaren and he'll be there for life. I love it when dri- when drivers and riders say that. I remember Mark Marquez saying exactly the same thing about Honda in the real years. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be at this team for life. Never happens that way. But there's always been links to Ferrari. And it's usually around contract time and there's usually rumours and different bits and there's little bits of stories and the gossip sites pop up with little stories and I just don't pay attention to them. Anyway, full credit to Ryan on this one because on our little WhatsApp chat, he broke us to it that it was going on. And I just sort of replied going, yeah, when he said this, I just thought he meant after his 24-25 contract. So I was just like, nah, it's not going to happen. It's too late. Then went on the race and checked Autosport, and the thing that made this different from any kind of um, gossip site or little rumour is that every major site worth its damn was covering the story. My aunt even told me that Sky interrupted one of their radio programmes to bring breaking news. So this was the most concrete story, and if it hadn't have happened, if this had turned out to be a big nothing, this would have been one of the most embarrassing media screw-ups for Formula 1 for a long, long while. So it was happening, and by I mean by the evening, in the classic way that sports do now, uh, most sports lots do now. You had the press release from the rather um, the less than flattering, I'd say, press release from Mercedes, given how long they've been working together and what they've achieved. You had just before that, you had Carlos Sainz confirming he was leaving, and then you had the very sort of I think basic statement from Ferrari to say, yeah, we've got him. Because what it turned out was that whilst we all thought he had a 24-25 contract, Ryan, turned out that 25 was an option. And it was an option on Hamilton's side that he went, no. <laughs> I mean, it's fair enough. I mean, I only have to work a two-month notice this period. So uh, to, for, <laughs> for Hamilton to have to work a year at least is still a little bit extreme. Yeah, and what a year that's going to be, though. It's always very strange when, I mean, it's usually with any kind of driver thing, it's like they'll announce like sort of towards the back end of the season when you've got maybe about five, six races to go and it's like all goodbyes. But the everybody knows now that Hamilton's got an entire season, a bit like when Fernando Alonso announced in the uh, winter of 05 that he was leaving to go to McLaren. He had an entire season in 2006 knowing he was going off to McLaren. And it makes it very, it's going to make for the season ahead a very interesting working dynamic of when he finally gets starts to get shut out of car development and things like that. How do you think, for you, Ryan, how do you think this year is going to be ahead for him? I mean, I'd just place him on guard and then leave if I was you, if I was uh, <laughs> Toto Wolf. Um, but I think... That car's got to be crap, right? He yeah. is, like, why would he be? He wants to win a championship. He's going to Ferrari. No disrespect, he's not going to win that one there. Even if that car is a rocket on rails, he's not going to win. Leclerc is the contender. Ooh, so I like that. So he's. I love Lewis Hamilton. I love Carlos Sainz. I love Leclerc, and I love Russell. But. He, hello, Loki, I can hear you. (laughs) Um, I've had to shut him out because he keeps walking all over the keyboard. So if you can hear a little cat, it's my youngest Loki. But if you want a podcast to be recorded, then I've had to shut him out. But I think (laughs) he's he's either gone, well, I want to win at least win races and Ferrari can get that for me. Or Ferrari have literally just thrown a blank checkbook at him and gone, 
we need you. Because even if, like, if Ferrari aren't quite there yet, Lewis can go over and use his X amount of years of experience, similar to what Michael Schumacher did at Mercedes. I, I'm, I'm one of the believers that Mercedes didn't get to where they were without those couple of years of Michael Schumacher helping develop the car, similar to Vettel um, at Aston Martin. I, I see a lot of teams often get a veteran, one that's near retirement, um, and a newbie, and it balances the books kind of kind of thing. So I'm really intrigued as to why he's gone over that. I know for years he's always gone, oh, I'd love to finish my career at Ferrari, but I thought it was a bit too late for that. Yeah, in all well, honesty. Agreement. Like I say, when you first put that message, I was like, no, nah, it's too late. And just to look at that. And like you say, I agree that he, I feel like he has seen something with that Mercedes that has not made him think they fixed their problems. And I think, I think for him, he's just thinking, I've got my titles. I don't think I'm going to win the championship at Mercedes. I aren't confident. What better way to end your career in red? Because for all we can say for all the other teams, Ferrari, I don't care what anybody says, still has the most pulse, still has the most passion. It's still a religion in Italy. It's a big thing. And to me, I think Ferrari have the most to lose here because it's Ferrari that could have problems like you, what you alluded to with Leclerc and Hamilton. It's Ferrari that are the ones who've got to supply the car. It's Ferrari that could have people saying, oh, well, you wrecked Hamilton's career because you give him a bad car. I think really... Hamilton has nothing to lose here. Either he wins a few races or he doesn't, or he wins a title. And if he doesn't, he's been able to drive for a team like Ferrari. He's probably going to, he'll be, a, he'll never have to buy anything in Italy again when he goes over there, you know. Oh, think of a, all the cappuccinos and pizzas. Exactly. You turn oh. up in a bar or anything and he's fine. But what 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 were your thoughts, Nick, on this? Because do you, do you think that he, why do you think he's doing it? I mean, I'll be honest, I don't think this was a quick quick snap decision. I think this has been a work in the works for a while. Um I don't know how much attention you both pay to the background of things, but Monster ended their 14-year-old partnership with Mercedes and moved over to McLaren, but what was interesting to me is that they still kept their sponsorship with Hampton. Yeah. Um which screams volumes to me. It's we don't want the team, we want him. Mm. Um, but also McLaren are young, new, and fast and coming. Um, I think um, you know, that was it's been in the works for a while. This isn't such a new thing. And to be honest with you, the poor soul probably just wants to drive around for the year without having his back taken out every two minutes. <laughs> yeah, they still have them porpoising issues, don't they? Oh, it's yet, terrible. And yet, and to the sponsor point, I mean, that is the interesting thing because here in the UK, Louis, like the Monster Energy, um, they have the can, but they have Valentino Rossi special edition and a Louis Hamilton special edition over here. And they obviously want to continue that because the first thing I said was, oh, no more Louis Hamilton editions, but obviously that's going to be the case. I would, be, yet, I would have been furious. It's my favourite drink. Do you love the Louis Hamilton? I, I'm not a big energy drink fan, but it was better than the um, Jason Plato Tesco um, energy drink he did a few years ago. That was horrible. <laughs> but yeah, so it is. It's one of the things. It's, again, just to mention MotoGP, it's like with Marquez going across to um, ride a Ducati this year. Red Bull have gone with him, and it's very interesting. Like you can, 
with the bikes and you you see the monster logo. I mean, the monster logo with a black Mercedes shone beautifully because it works great for them. But when you, it's a big sign that drivers have always had personal sponsors. Like take Senna, he had his uh, Na- national bank. Nicky Lauda, we all know Nicky Lauda had his own personal sponsor, Paul out his cap, and things like that through the years. And you might not notice them as much, but there is very much a thing with energy drinks that no, 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 we'll, we'll chuck it on the car, but we want the man, we want the we want the woman in the sport, we want them, not the team. So, and it's been one thing that made me laugh was um, I was reading a hot. I, this is how dull it got one point in December. I was reading an entire article how between like sort of Ferrari, Aston Martin, I think it was Mercedes, as well, like all the non-alcoholic beers have all swapped around teams this year. And it's like, yeah, so you know. Lewis has had a couple of years without winning, sure, but he's still a damn quick driver. I think everybody seems to remember the mistake he made at um, race last year when he clashed with Russell. But he, Russell, to me, has not bossed Hamilton the way you expect a rookie. He has not. He had a good start at um, his first year in 22. But that, to me, is very much like you'll see with a lot of drivers where they've been defending a fight in a title at the top for a few years. And then suddenly they're struggling and it knocks them back. And it's a classic thing that we could go through in history. So Russell had a good start. But I think, A, he's not destroyed Hamilton in qualifying at all. There's been many race Hamilton's been up there. And for what is somebody like I rate Russell, he's not done... He's not upset Hamilton in the way Hamilton upset Alonso in 07, let's say, or the way that Leclerc come in and upset Vettel. It's been very much even-headed. So to me, that still shows that Hamilton's got plenty to give. But I also find it quite irritating that people say, oh, yeah, Alonso, this week, they've literally been saying, like, oh, Alonso can race until he's 50s. He's fine. But Lewis has passed it. Now, Alonso started in 2001. Hamilton started in 2007. I think there's a bit of bias there, people. But, yeah. It's it, it's going to be really interesting, but we can't keep talking about it, not talking about it any longer. Because as happy as I am to get Hamilton, I also feel really bad because Carlos signed Nick. I do like Carlos. I think he's been brilliant for the team. But I mean, I, I was half expecting Ferrari to go on that we need to bring three cars into F1 like they did a few years back when they wanted Rossi at Ferrari and they had Barrichello and Schumacher. We need three cars, but. Unfortunately, we don't have three cars, and your boy is a free agent. Yeah, and I and I and I, I worry about it a little bit because a I don't know where he's going to go. Um, I am probably assuming Audi. Um, <laughs> um, also, I just feel like this season isn't going to be how many races can I win. It's going to be, am I better than Charles? It is totally going to be a Charles versus science season. Um, I'm not even sure. Now, what I would like to see is him and Lando back together. That would be nice. Sadly, unless Lando makes a shocking move, I don't think you're ever going to get that again. (laughs) No, and I don't think he's going to move from McLaren. I think him and Pestastri, interesting. Him Pistachio. and Oscar, <laughs> him and Oscar are um, see, I went for the first name then, guys. That's yeah, not funny. That, that was terrible. <laughs> that was shocking. I, I miss that. Go on, I miss that. What was that? I said that's uh, that's not funny. Oh, um, can I, I just apologize to the listeners? I hot apologize. take, and in 12 months' time, 
we'll be back here, I'm sure. I I would absolutely... I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to not try not to swear. I don't know what the age range is on this podcast, but... If I have I to, am, I'll beep it. <laughs> uh, I am leaping hoping that Mercedes just go middle finger and just sign Carlos Sainz, but I... I don't think that's going to happen because of the the, the people that they ha- they have. I think it will be either Ocon um, or De Vries to Mercedes because the, the they're is... they're Toto's boys, aren't they? Uh, well, is this De Vries? He was Mercedes, wasn't he? Like junior driver. Or I yeah, think well, someone else. Yeah. The I think... thing is, is it? I, it's not that clear because there's even talk, um, and I don't get this. You, you've got their junior driver. Um, um, Andrea Kimi Antonelli um, to replace um, Hamilton, but the trouble is with Antonelli is he might. I've seen him watching racing F three and all that. He may be absolutely brilliant, but he hasn't even set a lap and anger yet in an F two car. And ironically, the last person to jump from a junior team to a front running team was Hamilton. But the difference was back then is that Hamilton did days and days and days of testing. And one of my favorite ever statistics was if, like, because of how testing's restricting, how much you can do now, is that if a driver that was coming in, sort of in the late 2000s and all them bits, with like, say, between 10 and 20, if a driver was coming in to do the same amount of running that Hamilton did in the build up, you would have to get to around round nine or 10. And that's how much running out Hamilton had in the offices. And he was still being, but drivers don't get that anymore. So I think it's way too much. And it's to me, it comes across as a bit desperate to say, oh, we're going to put a junior talent in like that that hasn't stepped in an F2 car. Because that's the thing. Like, 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 well, one thing I just want to say, it's in my mind, is you're very much right about Schumacher when he went to Mercedes. Because from what I understand is, yes, people want about, Rosberg's pace, but when it came to setup, working the car and building the team and things like that, people were talking to Schumacher, not Rosberg, and I think that showed a lot when Schumacher went and Rosberg was up to the mistakes he made. So thank you because I'll always stick up for my boy Schumi. But yeah, let, let's get into that more. Let's look at that. Who do we like? I like your thinking that they could just sign 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 signs <laughs> sign signs just to get yeah. Let, let's just do a swap. But the trouble is for Mercedes and the way Hamilton's dropped this is I think the reason Hamilton went was very similar to why Alonso left Alpine is that I'm very, very shocked because when we were talking about the Hamilton deal, it was so, done so late in the year and it kept being put off and put off several times through the last two years. I'm very shocked at Mercedes' attitude of we'll do you one year and an option because that's why um, Alonso went. He didn't want a year and an option. He wanted a guaranteed two-year contract at least. So it's very, it seems to me very telling that Mercedes were not prepared to give him a lockdown two year then an, and an option. So are Mercedes thinking of the future? Do they think George is the future? Well, that's what he was there for. Is he the future already? Well, then if you think George is the future, um, who do you shove in alongside him? Because if you do shove a rookie, that's one thing. But then you're not going to be able to sign somebody like Alonso, I would have thought, if you're going to put all your eggs in George's basket. And who was going to speak then? Sorry. Well, I I thought that it was a release clause. It was I... a year. Yeah, well, I did too, but it does seem from everything that I've read that it was just basically, it was a one-year with a one-year option. 
and a lot and drive it to egos they all do and if you aren't feel if you don't feel fully wanted they'll do that i've seen it a lot again back to moto gp that's been a lot of talk about different riders doing insane things and going from the best to worst bikes over because they want to feel wanted Mm. Uh, I mean, the, the story is that Hamilton, I think he told, he went Tuesday or Wednesday morning, told Toto, um, went around his house. That must have been a nice cup of tea. Yeah, house things, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to one of your major rivals next year, up yours. That must have been a wonderful cup of tea. But what, I mean, Nick, what do you think? Who do you think? Apart from, we know your boy. We know your boy. You can't have your boy, Carlos. Who do you think should replace Hamilton at Mercedes? Uh Kevin. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he might actually win a race. Don't uh, be mean to Kevin. Um, <laughs> what I what I have noted, um, and not necessarily a replacement, but what I have noted is the activity between um Ferrari and um Charles's little brother. Um so I saw that they'd let him go or something, or he was out of a, um, what do you have? It's, 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 yeah, it's the Arthur Leclerc. It's a junior program. Uh, so they have part of that, but now the last thing I saw of him was out on the tracks for Ferrari, racing Ferrari cars in Charles's boots. Um, yeah. It's, it's a bit confusing to be fair. He's, he's basically Ferrari's new development driver. So yeah. he's still part of Ferrari, but he's not part of the team's academy. <laughs> yeah, so, it was a bit weird, and I yeah. and I and I wonder that this is maybe what they're building up for, knowing that maybe Hamilton may not be there for the longest, and maybe trying to bring him up, or who knows? To be honest, to replace Hamilton, Ocon would be nice. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was I mean, no. I don't. Raise I, him I think. I've just thought something, and I'll get onto it in a second, but I think Hamilton's using Ferrari as a retirement home in all honesty. Yeah, um, I have that fear. However, I think we're completely overlooking someone who is staring at me at the at the driver's um, constructors, at the driver's standards. Kevin? No. <laughs> who Kevin. is driving for a very high-profile team? Perez. Okay, I was hoping you'd let me finish, but yes. Sorry. I was going for Kevin. It was definitely Kevin. No, like... Because Sergio's got one year left on his contract. Oh, yeah. Um, he's not really fitting in uh, Red Bull anymore. He knows how to drive. He's had some amazing races in an absolute tractor. You know, when he worked, when he, when he, when he was at, uh, was it Racing Point back then? Racing I... Point, Sauber, yeah, them bits. I think Sergio would, and that was Mercedes engine, am I right? Um, um, Salvo was Ferrari um, at one point, but racing, but racing point. I and, and also the, the racing point. I think when when he raced for them uh, was basically a carbon copy of uh, the Mercedes. <laughs> it was. Mercedes. Yeah. I think Perez would work well with George. It, yeah, I mean he has Mercedes experience anyway because when he was at McLaren. I mean, some people might hear you say signs, uh, sign, might hear you say Perez and scoff and go, well, he's been destroyed. But it's not an exact, if you, well, you're not hiring him to be the guy that gets you the wins of the podiums. You want him to be the guy that's your backup. There's very much talk of how 
Verstappen drives a car on the edge, much like Schumacher did, and his teammates could not deal with it. Now, if he was to go to Mercedes and feel a bit more loved and be happy with the car in the direction and feel a bit more under control, maybe those drop-offs that we see where one minute he can be up there and next minute he's getting knocked out in Q1, which is insane, maybe those, maybe that roller coaster performance could level off a bit. So while you might say that name and people might instantly scoff and go, Perez, he was awful last year. He had his moments, and I get the feeling that he doesn't feel loved at Red Bull. And given what some of the team, they're not class as team heads, are they? Like a certain person who I'm not going to mention said, made some very disparaging um, comments that he had to apologise for last year. You can see why he doesn't feel loved in that team. So if Mercedes could get him, make him feel wanted, he could do a really solid number two. And that's no disparage to say, oh, he's a number two. You know, it's for Mercedes. Eddie Irvine used to say it's better to be a Ferrari number two driver than number one in any other team. You know, if you can feel a strong number two and you get a cheeky little win every now and then, solid podiums, good pay packets, great way round off your career. Rather yeah. than if you think of the situation he's looking at now where I think he's got to the flyaways to prove himself. Because if the other teams come on and he's still like he was, mm. I it, you know, there's a lot of talk of will he survive the season because there's a lot of talk of will he survive the end of last season. So, whilst it, it's not insane, it's a really good point, and I'm going to be thinking about more of that about as I'm going to be watching that. That is certainly something to watch result from the season as it goes on because I think one thing we can definitely say about this season is that what was seeming to be a very dull, silly season coming up because you've got you've got Max, the McLaren drivers. Charles, all on long-term deals, um, Russell's going to be on a deal, you think, oh, there's not going to be much movement. This Hamilton freeing up a Mercedes seat and all the little repercussions around it are going to make it a genuinely exciting silly season, I think, as well for us to get behind, which is probably one of the uh, one of the best things for me. <laughs> I love guessing and saying, oh, who could go here? Who could go there? Um, I think what about, um, just following up with you, you said about... Um feeling loved at a team um i don't think hamilton was loved in this last season personally um i don't know if you noticed but i noticed quite frequently he would get on the podium and there would be no mercedes there um and i know the last the last time it was recognized by a few a few fans and stuff was when um george had that late onset crash Oh, yeah, Singapore. Yeah, and uh, Hamilton was on the podium. No Mercedes fans were around. In fact, um, not fans, team. In fact, he went and celebrated with Ferrari, um, and they gave him a little hug, and they were all for him. Mercedes came out and said, yes, um, we understand. We weren't there, but we had had a driver that had, had a late onset, cr onset crash, and we had to go and save him, and blah, blah, blah. But if you look back earlier in that season, it was the same thing. And I think it's also key here to remember that every one of those teams had two drivers. Yes, he had a crash late, but it happened throughout the season. And there is no kind of excuse for that. Um, yeah. And not only that, to your point, you don't need an entire team to go over for one driver. You've got two sets of garages. So, yes, sure. Exactly. Jo jo George's boys can go across. That's fine. But you don't need Hamilton's as well. You, and I think... What's that going to help? It was picked up and Mercedes acknowledged it from what I know. And I just think him as a driver just thinks I've put all my you know heart and soul into this and they mm. can't be bothered to turn up when I'm on podium. And I think he doesn't feel the love there anymore. 
and think I, love don't live there no more. Yeah, and I think it's always good when you're winning championships and you're winning races and, oh, we're all so happy. The real test comes when you're not winning. And I think one thing for me, that to your point, that makes me think it was beginning to get over. And I sort of wonder if Singapore was also the weekend where that's when the Ferrari stuff really started, uh, maybe properly. Like, not just, oh, should we, shouldn't we, but stuff got going. But one of the key things for me is, do you remember when it was Hamilton and Bottas and Bottas would be struggling? and there'd be problems, who would get on the radio to give a bollocking? It would be Mr. Toto. And when Mr. Toto spoke on the radio, you'd go, uh-oh, Toto's speaking on the radio. And the key point for me, I can't remember exactly which race it was, but it was later in the season, was when Toto got on the radio to Lewis and said, look, I know the car's bad, just drive it. And it was like, ooh, okay. You know, now Toto's getting onto the radio and getting a bit shirty with Hamilton. So I genuinely agree with you that maybe while he's been overlooking all the other bits, that that relationship has just crumbled to that point. And like I say, do, little things like that, not turning up to the podium, Toto getting on the radio, the argument, the, the fractured bit of, oh, I mean, one of the things, the biggest points for me was, whoops, one of the biggest points for me was Brazil. Because whilst Ferrari was sorting out that car and it wasn't great, but they were getting on top of it, how lost were Mercedes that weekend. They were completely lost on setup. They couldn't work out why. And they even admitted if they'd had more sessions, if they had another few days there, they wouldn't have got on top of that car. And I think Hamilton's also thinking of, well, if they're not getting on top of this car on so late in the season, what makes me think they've understood what's really wrong and how are they going to make it better for next season? So I think I agree with all the points you guys are making from the wind tunnel to the feeling loved the lack of a solid contract for two years. And I think maybe all them little things have just added up. And that's how a relationship that we thought would never end has in the most bombshell of ways. So, yeah, I think we'll wrap up the Hamilton bit there, but it's going to be so much to watch. And I'm really excited for that. But guys, we're going to we can't we're not going to talk about the Andretti thing because we feel I feel the Andretti thing has got a lot more to go on it. I think it's personally disgusting. They were rejected. Everyone's stupid. But the way Andretti are talking, I think there's a lot more to that scenario. So we want to just keep an eye on that and see where that's going. And maybe it might just do a special report on it for a podcast or whatever. But what I want to just quickly go over before we get to the launches is. And we're going to tread carefully, not because we're feared of getting sued, because nobody's going to see what's going to be cares. But, I, you know, Speak it's very sim- <laughs> um, it's, it's a um, it's a sensitive subject. And we do not know the, all the details. Like I've heard so many rumors and so many things that I'm, I don't know what's been officially said and what's a rumor is the Christian Horner situation. Now, on the basis, the there have been accusations from an employee of improper conduct. What that improper conduct is is not fully fully known really it was certainly the elephant in the room at the launch but the thing is is i don't want to talk about the allegations or such because we're not sure and i think that um i am glad and also intrigued that it's properly being investigated it hasn't tried to be pushed under the rug and that's what's good you know and but it also to me says that this is a very very different red bull now now that dietrich has passed it's a very, very different book. This isn't Red Bull F1 investigating this. This is a Red Bull, the company. And I think this speaks to a lot now of how Red Bull is going to change and where its other team, which we'll talk about in the launches, are going to go. But there's, there's all sorts of rumours. And I just wanted to get what your guys' takes on how do you think this is 
what do you think of the situation at Red Bull right now, Ryan? How do you think it is there? I'm just so glad that the new Haas team principal is a Coventry City fan because as a Coventry City fan, <laughs> I would be very embarrassed if Christian Horner, if this comes out as Christian Horner is true. I mean, I oh, the, the just with that scene we're going to Haas, isn't it? I've heard that. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. So the the new the new Haas team principal going off topic here is a is a diehard Coventry City fan. Um, which came, he, he mentioned it in his introduction interview, which is really cool. Um, and he's Japanese, and we have a Japanese player. There's a whole thing, but anyway, back to the the topic at hand. I, Christian Horner is always. I'm not being funny. If if this is my hot take on it, as a team principal who works with Helmut Marco, who is an absolute joke of a person. Yeah. <laughs> the things that Helmut comes out and says and does and christian horner has sat there and said nothing about it or bare minimum it takes one to know one is what yeah. i'm getting at that, that that's what i meant earlier like when the stuff he comes out and then rather than condemn it they go well he doesn't actually work for the team so we can't call it because he's an ambassador type thing and it's like yeah i agree it's very sort of um given the allegations that have been in the past of what's been said there you expect more, you expect more of a committal thing to say, no, this is wrong, blah, 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 blah. And it's very sort of, yeah, wishy-washy. I mean, Nick, I agree. I've, I, I, Red Bull's a team, the mechanics, the people that put that car together, I have a lot of respect for. Red Bull with Horner, Marco, the way Verstappen acts sometimes, I'm not a fan. I'm very much someone who, th- who can just go back to the example of that Silverstone crash, ignoring that, the comments that Horner made and the way he was trying to instigate a mob and then when they got caught on the um, spending thing were saying oh how dare you accuse us kids are gonna get picked on in the playground with the red bull fans it's like what are you on about you a that's a really weak defense and b you initiated a mob on hamilton you know he's always been somebody that's said the annoying thing or been the arse and I don't take any glee at all, like some people are like oh horn is done because the accusations are incredibly serious and somebody at least one person has been very hurt from that. And it in this day and age, it's something we need to call and flush out. And it should have always been, but because the world's a complete arse, it's gone on too long. But what, what's your perspective on it, Nick? Honestly, I think it's I think it's big people with big money. It's just, you know, they can think they can get away with it. Um yeah. but it really does depend on what the investigation does come out with and say, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he resigns. Um you know, we, we see this time in and time out. That's a, definitely the quote um, with people with money. Not, you know, saying that all people with money are like it. It's just it happens frequently. They yeah. think they can it, get it, away with that yeah. behaviours. It's not everyone, but it's way too high a percentage. <laughs> yeah, and they think they can get away with certain behaviours. Um, I noticed that F1 are urging them and pressuring them to kind of sort this out. Um, yeah. I'm assuming it's the bad press and they don't want that bad press. Um, and I do think the outcome will affect audiences, um, whatever way this outcome is. Um, so I think it's sensitive and they need to tread lightly. Um, but to me, I think it was interesting that it was a third party investigation. Yeah. And that's the main thing. And that gives me hope that with it is your point to that they will because it wasn't just a, oh we're investigating it because yeah a bit like we every time we see with f1 we investigated ourselves and we found ourselves to be great 
you know, if it's a genuine, they've said it's a genuine third party one. So especially with that, it gives the gives us something of whatever goes on. Yeah. You know, but I think we, I think we can't really talk that much about it because, like I said, there were so many rumors. I've heard so many different things, and then people are going, "Oh, well, if Horner goes, knew he goes, all these different things." And I don't think it's right to really comment on it because it's just it's just guessing at the minute. We need to wait for the results, and then we can talk more from there. But like you say, it's uh, like both of you have said it, it. It it needs to be resolved soon because it's not good for F1's image if it drags on. It's not good for anybody because he is always going to be the elephant in the room. And Sky F1 will be panicking because the amount of times they have Horner on, and, I'm, you know, this isn't a dig. They just do. They simply do. I remember at Imola they had Horner on. When we were meant to have Ferrari. It's always Horner. So you can't just keep having Christian Horner on now if this is, how you know, hanging over them. So we just wanted to acknowledge it, and we'll talk more about it once this investigation is resolved. Watch it be resolved as soon as I, we finish this podcast, because that's the kind of thing that will happen. And if it does, people, we'll talk about it at the point. But I think it was just important to acknowledge it. Um, and we will wait for the investigation. And I hope whatever happens, it's a proper outcome. If something has happened, it's not, uh, you know, the Me Too movement and things like that. I hope there is some recompense. Nothing can ever, if it has happened, nothing can ever fix what did happen. But we can try and, you know move things forward in the future and stop this crap and just every one, every time this crap is stopped whatever the industry is a good thing because it makes them that are prepared to do it more afraid and that's what we want to see that they are too afraid to do it because they aren't doing it out of a, I don't think if these people like the Weinsteins of the world won't do it because out of a moral compass we need to make them afraid not to do it so we'll leave that on there guys and we will move to team launches we've got all the team launches finally um, I'll save my whole wrap up for what I think the team launches at the end, but we're going to go through the teams. Now we're not going to say which is the best or worst. I'm going to personally give them a, a exam rating out of each one. Um, so I've just put them in a random order and I've chucked them in and, um, I'll, I'll start off at the first team that stuck out the most and just say what you guys think. Uh, we're not really going to talk tech specs so much because a lot of these pictures and different bits don't help. There's a lot more experienced people like check out Gary Anderson. He knows how to talk about these things. And also the launch car specs are launch car specs. They are going to change so much between now and hitting the track anyway. So you can't really say, oh, they haven't done Like I saw somebody criticizing Ferrari and going, they haven't done much. We haven't seen the car properly. So we're just going to talk about our impressions of the launch, what we think of the cars and things like that. Um, so we'll start off with probably one of the most striking livery changes of the um, launch season, which is Sauber. Now, I don't know what to call them, because if this gets heard in their home country, we might get sued because they have launched with their team sponsor. That ironically, because of gambling laws, they can't say the team sponsor and they've had to take it off the car, or they can't say it. It's a really annoying mess <laughs> because of gambling laws. But to me, the guys, the Sauber car, and I'll start with you, Ryan. Um, the Sauber car feels to me, while everybody's getting excited, I just feel that they took the car out. And you know when they do, st stick the highlighter paint on it to in tests and that, to get uh, understand the airflow? I feel they just did that, then forgot to wipe the car off before they pushed it onto stage. I was a bit like, I don't... I don't know. It, the colours should work, but I don't know. With that, they don't for me. What 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 did you think of the Salva? 
I really like it. I, I, maybe it's just because like when they launched it, they had the green LEDs on the floor and stuff like that. But I really <laughs> like it, and it's got a bit of color on. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I really like the car. It's it's nothing too extravagant. It's just two colors. Um, yeah. I th- so, so sorry. What you're saying is, is if they put some of them lights under, like boy racers half. It's the perfect car. So rather yeah, than much. rather yeah. than sparks as a girl up with Oru, do you want the green LEDs underneath? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I I would um, I'd give it a B minus. B minus. I, I, actually, no, I, I won't do that because I don't actually quite understand how the pluses and minuses work. Cause, no, I don't give it either. a B. I think. Yeah, I'll give it. I mean, I'm going to give it a C. I think for me, it, it, the trouble is, and I think is Nick is like. They're saying, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. They started off brilliantly by getting a lightweight car at the start of these regs. And then after, say, the first six races, they've just gone back to being what they were when they were Alfa Romeo. And it's really hard to get excited for this team when you're like, yeah, they're going to do this, it's this. And it's that weird interim part now of they're not Alfa Romeo, they're not Aldi, they're this team. And I don't know. It's also just hard to get excited for them, Nick. I don't know about you. I know Monster is predominantly on the helmets for um as a sponsor. But that car to me looks like a monster car. I um I think it's the green just but I like it. Don't get me wrong, I like it. But it just screams monster. It and does. I know and I know they're not their sponsor and I've compared it to the McLaren car and from what I can see I can't see the monster symbol and i know predominantly it's on their helmet but i don't know i don't know i do like it i like the wheels i like green yeah it's definitely striking but the trouble is what we You'll certainly do... see it yeah that that's the point that's you know with the red of the alfa romeo and all that it kind of sort of maybe just blended in if it was behind a ferrari sometimes depending on the camera angle or whatever but you're definitely going to see so would you give it a rating or you're not doing ratings it's totally up to you i'm gonna go with a b you're going to go with a B. I'm going to go with a... I would have gone with a B as well, but I've gone with a C because when this car launch, we got excited. But as we'll talk, it set a... Um, it set what would be a disappointing theme, really, throughout most of the launches. But we are going to now go on to RB. And by RB, I don't mean Red Bull or that. I mean Racing Bull. But this... I'm going to call them, the team formerly known as Alpha Tori, I'm going to be calling them for the rest of this podcast and however long they exist, people, to note this down in your memory banks, I'm going to be calling them Baby Bull. Question. So much easier to remember. Yeah? Is that the car with the cash up and the Hugo and the Visa? and? Yes, the, the, the official name. Oh, God. I... The official name for this um, team is sort of like RB Cash App v- and also the Cash App Visa. It isn't Visa Cash App. Visa no. are their own sponsor. And Cash App and Cash sponsor. App are their own sponsor. So it's all blended into one because I thought it was a Visa Cash App because Visa are money and a Cash App would make sense for them. No, no this is app. Visa and Cash App. They did a launch in Las Vegas that wasn't advertised, wasn't thingy. I didn't know they'd launched until I suddenly checked the website and there's a car. I was like, oh, okay. The whole team identity, as I said, is a complete mess. It seems that, to me, this is a team that the main talking point of them is going to be, certainly from um, Zach Brown's point of view, 
It's very much how much now they are sharing Red Bull stuff now that they are officially starting to move into the Red Bull headquarters more and more. And we saw how uppity people got when Haas at the start of 2022 was decent for three races because people were suddenly going, oh, no, 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 they're too close to Ferrari. And and then, then Haas went very Haas and suddenly all that talk stopped. If Alpha Tori slash Baby Bull now start being very good, you are going to see this being one of the biggest political arguments of the year. And Zach Brown is like a dog with a bone and has not let go of this yet. But I also thought, apart from the whole confusing makeup, Ryan, and all that, I looked at the livery and went, so they're called that, and they've launched with a Toro Rosso tribute livery. <laughs> and ironically, RB01 used to be a Red Bull car, but... Uh... <laughs> I I I tried googling like racing ball RB and I, it took me like five minutes to find actual racing ball because it's um I keep getting Red Bull and I, yeah. I and I've just found um uh, an article on race fans which, which has the livery because I'm refreshing my memory and the picture that they've uploaded is copyrighted to Red Bull. <laughs> Yeah, because it was... <laughs> so I have literally, well, right now I have just typed and I've said, "What does the RB stand for in RB Cash App?" Because this is why we're getting confused. Because they are known as Racing Bulls, they want to be known as Racing Bulls. So you would think that the RB Cash App Penguin sponsored Tesco ninety nine fuel, whatever they're called. That's a British touring car joke if you remember back in the early twenty twelves, right? I keep getting confused between does it mean no, it means Red Bull, or no, it means Racing Bulls because you've called it RB. Apparently, the RB does stand for Red Bull. So this team that's to be known as Racing Bulls is Red Bull, Visa, Cash App, Penguin, Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Hero in a Half Shell, I Am Captain Planet. Um, So it means Red Bull. So you wanted to launch a team to have its new identity, its new thing, because your Alpha Tory livery failed because nobody really bought your clothes. I think they've just done a deal with F1 I read yesterday as Alpha Tory clothing brands. That didn't work. You're launching a new team with a new identity. You do the most half-arsed launch I've seen in a long while. You do a Toro Rosso tribute thing. Everybody's confused with your name. And that's before you get to the fact that it's actually a bad name anyway. Nick, I'm worried. I I am not feeling good. For I think what they'll do is they'll just copy as much as they can within the rules on Red Bull. This team has always been a confused identity anyway, because one moment it was, no, we're, we're a driver training team. And then, no, we're our own team. No, we're driver training because he couldn't be sold. It's been up for sale many, many times. As I mentioned earlier, Dietrich is no longer with us. It was his baby, his thing that he wanted to. Now you've got a board wanting results. I just wonder how long before as many people say, oh, Andretti are going to buy it, or I don't. It's a team I don't understand the point of now at all. And it's always been a confusing mess. I think aside aside from that, if you look at the actual car, it's a mess. I hate... I know we have sponsors. Most of the cars are covered in sponsors. But in the weirdest way, they fit in. They look right. Um, If you compare this car to the Red Bull car, um, they both have the ball on the top. On the Red Bull car, you can clearly see that's the ball. On RB, what is that? It's it's a chrome ball that looks like it's had its legs broken. It does. And if you look, (laughs) you have so many colours to work with. You've got silver, grey, white, red, blue, black, 
and then you catch up on the side with their green logo, but then it's silver next to the ball. And I just, it looks messy. Um, I don't, I also don't like the Hugo on the front wings. Don't ask me why. I just don't like it. It, it I, I don't know. I think um, it's because with the front, with the cash app bit at the front, you've got a very nice white writing on black. With that sponsor, you've got the white background with red and it just... I think them two bounce off each other bad. I think, and I that's... think with the green on the corner, yes, the little dollar symbol, <laughs> and then you've got like the folded visa across. And I mean, McLaren are renowned for sticking as many sponsors. In fact, I think last year they had screens, didn't they? Or... Yeah, they started trying that screen thing, didn't they? Where the sponsor could yeah. change, like a um, electronic billboard, basically. Renowned for having sponsors, and I feel they've just gone. How many can we fit on a car? And how many colours can we fit in? And I don't even feel like that is the right blue for the car. I believe that is a Red Bull blue, like the, the sugar-free blue almost. Also looks like the Visa blue. Don't know which one it is because don't really know the identity of the car. It just clashes and doesn't look right. And the red with the silver with the blue just looks messy. It it doesn't it doesn't scream we're a well organized team it screams we've shoved as much shit on this car as we possibly can and it clashes left right and center but we don't care because we have to make this work and if it works that's great yeah and i think you know what i think we'll wrap we'll wrap this team up because i think i mean also people you might say ah these guys, these guys here are mentioning the team's name. It's worked. No, this is the last time we'll be mentioning any of the sponsors. Trust me. It's Baby Bill from now on. But I think you summed it up the best, Nick, by just saying they don't care. And that's all you got off this was, look, we've got to do a launch because we've got a team and we don't care. So, Nick, my rating for this, I think, is an F. It's a complete fail. F. Bad. What's yours? I'm going to give them an E because they've come out and E's do exist. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, I think they've come up with a car, so they have a car. You know, simple, basic. They um, at least, yeah, they at least did the um, actual car rather than just a render. And I mean, I don't know how many sponsors they have compared to other sponsors, but they've at least gone out there and got their sponsors. They've they've done something. Um, I don't know. I've noticed that you know, it's sponsored by Cash App and Visa, which are both money and a gam. Um, banking basically yeah they're both banking and i wonder if that you know because they've used banking there was most money out or something but who knows i just think that that's where i'm out that one yeah right so to sum up nick says they they don't care i say what the hell was this launch i'm confused as to what you're meant to be what's your rating in the final thoughts uh i would grade it as a u (laughs) <laughs> Whoa, I thought F uh, was bad. You, you're not uh, even classifying it. Which, which, which means ungraded um, because they have played, they have been caught for plagiarism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's an F. I, it's it's disgusting. It genuinely looks horrible. <laughs> it's, I just don't like it. And I, I, I just wish they'd stick to an identity. Alpha Tori was a great, um, a great name. Uh, a great style great team toro rosso you knew what toro rosso was it was red bull mm. in a different language and you knew it was always good it was always the second red bull team yeah i, I don't know if you just heard my cat there but yeah it's your cat soon this time i think <laughs> I, I i think my cat agrees um 
So yeah, I'm giving it an F. I think, yeah. it, it, like you said, it was it's half-assed. It just looks rushed. It's smothered with like Cash App and Visa stickers. Just, just I don't, don't like it. Yeah, and for a team as marketing savvy as Red Bull have become, and that's what Dietrich Magistrates made them. This, I think, really, he, I, I think he'd have been very embarrassed to see that. So, yeah. But we'll move on now to Williams. Now, I'm not going to be able to say much about Williams because we had the launch, we had the livery, but it was on the old car. Just for reference, Salba was their car. Red Bull was the car. Um, Williams is the first one we're getting to where it was just a livery launch and it is the old car. So I can't really say much in. It was a few pictures. They've still got the Duracell battery thing on the top. They've had for a couple of years that I liked. But Okay, there we go. There was more talk about whether Albon's going to Team X, Team Y. So, personally, I, I can't really say much on this. I'd give them an E because it was just one of them things where I just went, oh, old car, don't really care. And it's blue. And um, I don't know. It, it just... I, I want, Williams is a team I want to get excited about because I think we all love Williams. I will say it's got more colour on it than a lot of the teams. Um, it hasn't gone after as much black, but... I just couldn't get that excitable about it. It's just, okay, still cold. There we go next. What about you, Nick? I do think compared to some of the cars that we are looking at, they've made an effort with the environment their car is in. And I think that's important. Yeah. Um, compare it to RB again, the babies. There's no effort where well, they have made an effort. You know, they knew that the, the background would stand out. I like that. I like the time that they've put into that. I also like that the blues kind of don't really clash. It brings the white. It kind of works. I like the battery. Uh, that's about all I got for you. Yeah. I mean, to give give you something to work on, Ryan, because we're struggling. So what I will say is what's very interesting about this, as Williams have said that the car is late. Now, it's not late in, like, was it 2019 when they didn't even have a car for testing? This is late because they're trying some new things for the 2024 car and they want to push development time to the maximum. It's not ready to show. So maybe that gives us hope that they're going to do something a bit more. But Williams is one of them teams for the last few years. I've got my hopes up. They seem to be doing well and then they fall back down. It's a 2023 car. They're saying that, well, the 2024 car has been seen, but I haven't seen any proper pictures of it yet because um, obviously the testing is this week. But yeah, okay, it's a team that seems to have a mission, but the actual launch, anything you can think of that <laughs> is there? I like William's style from the 2023 car. I like the delivery. It's very smooth and, and, and aesthetically pleasing. So. Uh, can't really grade them because we can't really see the car, can we? So, yeah. so for the launch itself, like I say, I'm going to give it an E. What about you, Nick? D. D. Okay, and you, Ryan? Yeah, I'll go for D because I, I, I do think they're going to. I do think it'll be nice. Yeah, it'll probably look good on track because I think, and we'll get on to this because it's the perfect car to say because it is. A, it's not. I'm going to slam this team, but it's not. But Haas, if I said I couldn't get um, Baby Bull, Haas is an entire team whose existence I am struggling to understand. We had the car launch. It was the first one to launch, but it, it's not a car as per se. It renders. It's mostly black, and that's been the problem with this launch season, that there was so much black. I know people, a lot of people would say, like, when they'd see a car launch, it's in the car with fiber black or a bike. It's like, oh, wouldn't it be ace if they race in the car with fiber black? That looks so beautiful. Well, be careful what you wish for, all people, because that's what F1's pretty much done. Um, this team, the biggest news is, is that Stein has gone. They've had a few changes there. But they were last last year. The 2022 buzz is gone. I don't understand why they exist either, because... 
Um, Gene has has the money to put into this team. He says he wants results, but you need to put the money in to get results. I am just more interested to see how long this team lasts before they sell up, personally. I, um, it was renders. It wasn't that big of a fuss. It's a team that's last on the grid. Again, I'm going to give it an E. The livery is just it's more or less the same livery. I don't trust renders. So I, I just can't get back. Like, again, I'm just like, oh, whatever. Let's just actually see what you do on track because as a team, you're annoying me when, you know, we've got people saying Andretti won't put enough into F1, but we've seen this kind of effort off this team for the last few seasons. What's your thoughts, Ryan? Uh, absolutely unrelated to what I mentioned earlier on about the Haas team principle. Haas are my favourite team on the grid. They're going to be amazing. They're going to win the championship. No. Oh. I think <laughs> Haas's liveries have been boring ever since they brought in that Russian sponsor. The black and white is just, it's not exciting. It's black and white. It's basically one of those um, licorice sweets you, you can get, you know, the black and white ones. Yeah, um, and I don't like licorice, so you make That's even worse. Um, but yeah, it's just boring. So D. Yeah. Nick, um, so I'd say I'm sorry if we stole a thunder, but I don't think there was any thunder to steal with this. Well, Contrary to belief, black is my favourite colour. However, <laughs> what is that? I don't... It looks it looks messy. The, the red, the white, the silver. It's a bit... I don't know how to... It looks like they've gone, let's chuck on what we can on the nose of the car. And on the back of the car, we'll put the biggest sponsors. But it... It almost seems to me they haven't they haven't considered the placement of the stickers. I agree and, because MoneyGram is their main sponsor and it's on the side and the front wing, but I don't think it stands out well. But if the you look at, over, it does. If you look at the green and black car, you can see the sponsors. Same. I love how I said it, the, the green and black car. You've got to work out which one that is. <laughs> Luckily, uh, it's quite easy. Same with Mercedes. <laughs> same with Ast- um, Aston Martin. That's me. It says ha. I can't even see the ass on the end. I don't know. It's the design of the car. I just feel like there would have been better placement for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it reminds me a bit of like when I'm trying to do my Twitch stream, when I'm working on my Twitch stream and I'm trying to get some text into a box and it's like, oh, this, the font's a bit too big and now it's cut yeah. off a letter and it's now saying what it... Oh, yeah, it's like... It's a little like bit some... smaller would have been a little bit better, I think. Have, have you checked on it a bit close to say it doesn't say somewhere graphic design is my passion? Honestly... <laughs> Just so, not, not yeah, it. and it, it, it's a bend. The car has hit the track, um, but this was a render. So, like I say, I'm just going to say E, Nick. E. Yeah, were you E as well, Ryan? Sorry. I was D. D, right. Okay. Right. Okay. So, McLaren, they, this one confused me a bit because technically, Ash was the first, but McLaren did this really weird thing. I think it was weird where they went, here's a livery on the old car way before the actual launch. So when they launched, it was a bit anticlimactic. So you can see tech-wise they've done some bits, blah, 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 blah. But again, predominantly a lot of black on there, considering this is meant to be now the Papaya team. And black, I don't know. I just think, I just feel that looking at it and, again, that it was just a... Um, I don't know. I, I still like the fact that they use the the Google Chrome sponsor is on the wheels, the logo. I think that's very clever. I like that. But I don't, um, they've got some good sponsors on there, and they did an online launch. But again, just it felt two launches was too many. Really, I, it just seemed very silly. I think they stole their own thunder with it. 
So I'm, I'm, I'll give it to. I'll give. It looks okay. It's got a bit of color. I'll give it to D. But I don't know. I just feel the two launch thing was very weird and silly. What do you reckon, Ryan? I think it looks nice, but like you said, it's just a bit too black, and that's a common theme. Um, it, considering how orange they used to be. Um, but yeah, I like the sponsor placement. I like. I, I like that they've kept the wheels. I like the wheels. Yeah, it's. Have you already graded it yet? Or we? Yeah. Um, I give it a D. What do you want? I'm gonna give it a C. Nick, that I mean, we'll 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 talk about drives and that when we do the season preview, of course, and that mainly and that. And this is a team I feel good about. But for the launch, how how about how how are your feelings on this? I surprisingly really do like this car. Um, I think compared to the others, they've thought about their sponsor placement. Not even the sponsor placement, the sponsor colours, so that they have got a lot of back, yes. But um is it Dewalt, the 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 maintenance tool Deep, company? Yeah, Deep World, yeah. I don't know how to say it. Um no. they have an orange logo. Uh, so that matches with their orange theme. So they've put that on the black so it stands out. And I like that. I like how they thought about that. I love the chrome wheels, I've always loved the chrome wheels. They have always been my little highlight on the race is watching the wheels because I'm usually lost. Um, <laughs> that's my life. Um, I mean, again, McLaren are renowned for checking as many sponsors as they can. I don't know if they've got the screens. I can't really tell. I don't know if you guys know. that. No, I don't, I, I'm going to be interested to see what they do because they trialled it, but I don't think they really... I think they'll try it in practice, maybe. I don't think they really suck it. But the trouble is, I can't see them wanting to run them screens because if they don't want to run full paint because of the weight, then a screen is going to be heavier than the paint regardless of how low it is so i can't see them wanting to run them i can see them just showing them on the um you know like the computers that go over the halo when they're sitting in the pits i can see them being on them but i can't see them being on the car yeah i think what's noted here that i can see a little bit more um probably than the other cars is the shape of the car seems a lot different um Mm. you know the seat and the sides bit looks different to me it, it's oh, yeah. very much it's very much continuing the philosophy that they basically updated with through halfway of the year that's you know was what they were always planning was to turn the season around so yeah so what was your rating for that i'm gonna give it a b you know i'm gonna go up there one, one of the stronger ones okay. even the orange outline just adds to it and it just kind of brings yeah. it in. And yes there's a lot of black but it's also how you're making that black work it's known now that f1 have loads of black in the cars but it's how they make it work and yeah how they make it fit in yeah, sorry, honey, but I think to your point as well, when you say about how they've placed the tickets and you can read them, like I say, Hass has four letters and they've done it and you can't exactly. see the Hass properly. It's a it, it's a lot better space. I'm, I'm gonna give me I'm gonna go up to a C for that point. I think I'll give them a C B. Look at that yeah. grade. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna break all the rules. But okay, right. So Mercedes did launch their car. They did an online launch. They had Lewis and. George standing in a, I think it might have been the Silverstone garages and that. They've stuck a bit of silver back on the car, Ryan. Um, I didn't think this was too bad. I'm more interested to see how they were. But again, another one with a lot of black. But let's be honest, everybody was watching that launch that was watching. It wasn't caring as much about the car. It was just to see what the dynamic was between its two drivers and who did Mick go for. And I think they did chat to, I do get the feeling they chatted to Russell a lot more than he did to Hamilton. I like it, but I've, uh, I I like it because I feel like Mercedes are kind of moving away from silver anyway. Um, when they brought in the black F1 car a few years ago, I was a massive fan of it. Um, 
still think it could be a little bit better. Um, there's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of red on there. Um, and I reckon that, that the silver just looks out of place. Gee, I quite like I think, how it fits in, but I get what I think, you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I think it's if you if you're looking at it from like from a certain angle, it just looks like it's they forgot to paint paint the rest of it. Um, but I still do think it's a good car. Um, I yeah, uh, I'd probably give it a C. I think I'll give it a C2 because literally they had, they had an online launch. They made it accessible. That unlike the baby bull, they made it accessible. You could see it. They put a time. You had the drivers. You had the car. It's not the glamour of like the old 2000s, but it was it was there. It was like, look, you were your car. And I think to your point on that, um, as we as we move to you, Nick, because obviously we, people need to remember that it was, while this is Mercedes, Mercedes are only like a third of the ownership now. It's split between three companies. So maybe they wanted a bit of silver on the car, but it's not. Ah, Mercedes, like it is, say, Aston Martin or it is Ferrari. It's now a team that isn't fully owned by Mercedes, so it's going to have different aims and goals between the three companies where they want what they want to get on the car. But how did you find it? What did you think of it all? I'm going to argue with Ryan here. Okay, I'll mute myself out and take cover. <laughs> I don't think the red belongs on the car. I, I think it would have been better all black. And that touch of silver. I do think you're right on the fact that the silver does look a little bit like they've forgotten to paint some bits. I like black. And I think the black with that turquoise blue is effective. I know that is Mercedes. Yeah, it, it's a thing where they've built a brand around it as well. And but I, don't like like... The red. I don't like the red on it. I don't like how it runs through the car. It looks out of place. Okay, so what, what, would, you, um, what would you give a rating on? I'll give it a C. See. I like yeah. the black. I really do. And I love black is my favorite color. Um, I like the matte. I like his matte paint. Um, or is that just carbon? Can't tell. Yeah. Anywho. Um, <laughs> I think I think the rule of thumb that you can say is if it's black, it's carbon. It will be it will be carbon once it comes to the track either way. Um, I think they could have done a little more, but I like how it's simplistic. I mm. like that, and it makes it a bit more aesthetic. So which is why I don't think the red belongs on it. Yeah, so so we're, I think we're all saying C for that. So, uh, like I said, they made an effort. They did a video. They had the drivers. I'll take that. It's a lot more than what some teams did. So we'll move on next to Red Bull. Now, I will give Red Bull kudos that finally this year, unlike last year's launch, we actually saw the car because last year's Red Bull launch was an insult to anybody who was a fan where they went, here's a 2023 car, and it was the 2022 car, and it was a complete insult. So at least you've actually shown us what the 24 car can be based on. Obviously, it can change between things. But this was one of the ones where people could actually talk a bit technical because it seems as Mercedes have moved away from their concept, um, Red Bull have tried to mimic it a little on the side, the top of the side pod set up and the large sides. Um, Red Bull, every Red Bull. We've seen it a billion times now. There's teasers in testing sometimes with a special livery that we all wish they'd keep. But Red Bull is Red Bull. The main problem was was that there was the elephant in the room we discussed earlier. Technically wise, it looks like they're trying something interesting, but they launched it. But I'm, if, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how we can. This is one of the cars, to be fair, where you looked at it straight away and I could see the design changes. Whereas now, other teams, it was really hard to look. So I'll, I'll give them a C as well for the fact you could actually really see some changes. You can't really say anything more about the Red Bull livery. But it also just feels that nobody was really talking about the car, Nick, at this launch. It was, it's there. I'll see where it's on track. But yeah, I just feel, I don't know. It's Red Bull livery. <laughs> um, honestly, I give it an, a U. 
and oh, go on. have my reasons. So not not strictly discussing the car, but the launch. Um, I know you noted that when there was Mercedes, everyone was looking at Hamilton and Charles and what their relationship was. He went to the Red Bull launch and instead of keeping his head, I'm not even saying he should have kept his head down, but instead of not discussing it, he discussed it um, and came out and said that this whole investigation is a distraction to the team. You know, he said he respects it, um, but it is a distraction to the team. I just don't think that was the time or the place, A, to discuss it, B, to finally come out with some sort of statement, and then to come out to say, you know, they're focusing and preparing for the season ahead, but then to say it is a distraction for the team. It's stupid. I mean, no, I mean, it's to my point, like, it's a really good point. And to what I said earlier when he said about, like, oh, when they got caught on the cast, oh, kids, kids on playgrounds could get bullied. It's like, what are you on about? Yeah, it just felt like an inappropriate place. And I feel like that really should have been for the team and for the for the the only thing that seems to me like who's creating the destruction for the team is him. Yeah, that whole launch should have been about the team, what they've created, the new car. There should have been excitement, not for you to address that. And that, that for me, okay, I get it. I like the car; it's black. It looks the same as what it did last year, personally to me. But that's just me. But it took away any shine, any conversation. It was more, why would you say that? This yeah. is not the time and place. So for uh, that, that, he gets my you. Yeah, you know what? It is. You're right on the you there for that. It's definitely a you. Because also, Ryan, the thing is, is that if it was any other employee, it's because he's the head. If this was any other employee, they would not be there. You'd be under a serious investigation. That, that I think, in our terms in the UK, would be classed as gross misconduct, in which would be a suspension with investigation and then whatever the outcome of that. And and to, the, to say it is distracting the team... I don't think the guy that's working on the front wing or in the design department's going, right, I'm going to shape this side pod here so we get it. Oh, no, poor Christian Horner. I can't think what I'm doing. Oh, Horner, no. Oh, God, I forgot I was doing. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's not going to distract him like that. They'll look at it and go, right, okay, that's not affecting my job. I've got to win. I don't. I think that's him trying to say, but the team love me and the team want me. Yeah, it, I think, you know, I, I kind of got, because I was saying, I've, I, to my fault, I've overlooked that bit to talk about the car, but with that him saying that, it's kind of hijacked the launch to make it, but I can't go because people love me, and that's not what this was for. So so what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I, I think the news has overshadowed the launch. I think Horner shouldn't have been there. He, t- he took the, uh, the media attention away from the car. Yeah, I'd, but I think the car itself is probably a it's probably a B. I think it's yes, it doesn't change much, but it's still Red Bull. So as it still has that wow, it's Red Bull factor to it. So the launch abysmal, the car a B. So I think we'll all say with that, yeah, it's you on that for Anton, but the, the actual, for, for the sake of the actual team, not to let him hijack that, yeah, B C around that point. So yeah. But like I say, we'll talk more about that. But yeah, I, I kind of find, but I really do feel what Nick said there's an important point that it's like, it, yeah, it, it was not for him to try and plead his innocence and he shouldn't have been there. I think him not being there would have been a thing of people going, well, he's not here and we'd have moved on with the car launch. Whereas him saying that made it about him and it's a really good point you've made there, Nick. So thank you for that. But let's move on to Aston Martin. Now, what I will say is, I can remember when these regulations launched, everybody was saying, especially... Um, a lot of key designers say 
that have been in and out sport over the years that saying the, the regs are so tight and there's so little you can do that all these cars are going to look the same. And on the first year, we were presently surprised how different they all were. Second year, they started to all um, look a bit more similar. Third year, you could argue there's the Red Bull path to go down. So it would be hard to say that we've accused Aston Martin in the past of just copying a car. You could say now, well, this is where the regulations are going. However, for, for Aston Martin, sort of more or less the same livery. I think the intrigue was more along what Alonso was saying about, um, oh, well complaining about three days of testing and just saying different things about Mercedes and talking about his future in different bits. But, eh, well. but I'll give you to see. It wasn't offensive. We got the car. They had the car on track. We saw it. Aston Martin. I mean, everybody has a go at Ferrari. It's red. Well, Aston Martin is green and Red Bull is the same Red Bull livery. So I, I wasn't that fussed about this launch. I was more fussed to see what they're going to do and... It's just for me of what we'll talk about in the season preview of like, was the, where's this team going? Is it a genuine contender or did it just get lucky last year? What do you think, Ryan? I have no idea. I I just can't predict them. Um, I'd like to think they're going their own way. Um, but no, I think they'll be a bit table again. Yeah, it, it, was just another, it was just another one where it's another year and it's, I don't know. We, we didn't get that much from them. It wasn't, it, it felt more bite sized. It wasn't that in depth or in revealing. Looking at, I'm just quickly looking at the car on the track and it's shaped down. I can see the side pods are quite nicely styled from the angle it seems to try to copy a little bit of Mercedes, but it wasn't that big deal of launch. And it, I think with a lot of launches this year, it's just felt like, no, oh, we've just got to launch the car because it's a thing we do. And this is another team that kind of reflected that for me, Nick. What about you? I like the color. <laughs> there you go that's all i got i like the color what i will say is they are sponsored by boss and i know hugo boss are theoretically two companies well they're sister companies or whatever you want to call them but i much prefer the boss on there compared to rb's hugo i Next like the mclaren hugo boss were a long time sponsor of mclaren so they managed to pick that one a couple of years ago i think it was so well done to them on that it's a nice color it's that's just it, really. Yeah, that's the trouble. And we'll Nothing is screaming wow at me. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just give him a C just because I don't feel anything bad or negative. It's just middle ground. What about, what did you give it, Ryan? I'd probably give it a C as well. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice livery. That's the best way to put it. It's nice. Nick? Give them a C. Okay. So finally, uh, we move on to Ferrari. Now, the livery was a lot more chilled than Shocker. last year. Yeah, well... It's just how it is. I'm not saying thingy. Come on. I've got to thingy. I've, I've had to get, I contained my thing, my calm. But um, yeah, maybe that's right. It wasn't as big. They couldn't really do a bigger launch. Last year was brilliant the way they did. But I think they did a good launch. They stuck to things. The, I did, re- for me as a Ferrari fan, I found the launch video very emotive at the start. Obviously showing a bit of Enzo, showing the past. That's why Ferrari have that. Um, the car, the back end looks very interesting. What they worked, everybody in the tech regs, they're all talking about pull rod, push rod suspensions, blah, 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 blah. Let's see what you get on track. I'm very surprised as I am a girl that does not like the yellow Ferraris. The fact that they've incorporated a bit, a lot more yellow, they've sort of, to McLaren's credit, the way they've done the chrome logos, they've put, they've expanded the colour onto the wheels a bit more. They've sort of moved within the brand to move it close to show that the WEC project and the F1 project are from the same house as a unity there. 
I think it was a nice little thing. They talked about um, the cause. It's obviously a bit of an awkward thing because it's clearly Cars's last thing. It was a bit of a weird way that they didn't want to talk about Hamilton, but did talk about Hamilton. So that affected it. But I'll I'll give. I like the car, I like the lady, but I will give them a C just simply because I think they made a bit of a hard work of handling Hamilton in the interview. But I love, I still like delivery. I'm glad that everybody goes, oh, it's red. Well, be glad it's red because everybody else is bothered with black. And at least we had the black that they've got works for Ferrari. So I'll give them a C. I was happy with what I saw. I like the integration between the WEC liveries and things like that. Good, good thing they advertised it while we knew it was going to be there. So C. What about you, Nick? Are you, are you just with Carlos in? <laughs> is that all you want? I was going to say, I, I didn't know whether you would give him an A for Carlos in or you for the fact he's leaving. So I'll take him. Well, a. they take him out. You, um, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I like the red. I like I like that shade of red. I'll be real. Um, the matte is a nice touch. Um, I like the yellow on the tires. I like the yellow stripes. Don't like the white. That can go. I just it's an okay car. I mean it's like it's like Alpha, it's not screaming at me, but it's nice. So I'd give it a nice B. B, okay. God, I'm being the more conservative, trying to try and not be able to find them. And the thing is as well, they did the thing again where they did just take it out on track. We got to see it fire up and run, um, Ryan. So I liked that. I just think, you know, out of all the launches, it was it. They did the thing, they did the veil, they did the fire up. See for me, because I don't want to sound too biased, but yeah, I just think it, it not spectacularly, not crazy. And I do like the white because it's just the white writing. When, you know, when you got to the Schumacher Ferraris where they got the white front wing, they got the Vodafone all over it. There was way too much white on them for my comfort. But I get your point, Nick. But Ryan, what were your, what were your thinkings on the team that stole your boy? <laughs> um, it's nice. I think it's, a, I think it's nice that it's still very colourful. Um, I feel like Ferrari can't go carbon fibre. I think if Ferrari don't have a pro- pro- primarily red car, there will be strikes and riots in Italy. So, yeah, um, they, would, they, would, they would never dare to pull away too much. The worst livery I think they ever did was the ni- Google the 1993 Ferrari, and you'll see why a lot of people hate that one. But, but um, yeah, I, I totally agree. They wouldn't dare. They'd, good God. Yeah, oh, yeah. Would, yeah, there you go. It looks, um, like a, it looks like a pack of Marlboro, but that was the sponsor. Oh, well, sponsor. Yeah. No, not sponsor? Ferrari. Yeah, it was, it was another team, I think. But the, the white band was horrible. Um, it was Marlboro at the time because Berg was there as well. But oh, was yeah. it? Oh, okay. Oh, but we've still we we'll try not to mention the cigarettes are bad. Don't smoke bad for your health, people. Um, but yeah. So all right. Um, so you were okay? What would you give a rating then? B. I think B? it's B for beautiful. Thank you. You see, I gave it a C because I was trying to, but I think with that, I think Ferrari did the best there. Uh, well, we're not on final, by the way. I'm being aligned because the first car that did this is because I've put an enter in between my teams. We'll quickly talk about these. Um, Alpine, the car that's used to be very blue or very pink, has a bit of both. The special livery thing they're still doing, but it isn't as different. Alpine are a team I'm confused by, and I'm not going to say much now because I'm really going to have a little thing on when we get to the season preview. There's a lot I want to say about them, but yeah, they, they did some nice pictures, some nice shots, some nice things, but again, there was too much black, and I, I give it a D because whilst the studio yeah. lighting it did was nice, it's just it's whether you loved or hated that livery and that they've done before, it stood out and it was different, and now it just feels they've just pulled it back. They've done the launch, and I don't know. Yeah, D for me. What about you, Ryan? D same reasons really it's just yeah yeah lazy 
Mm. And Nick, anything you want to add on this one? It's okay. I give it a B. Oh, you're gonna be okay. Well, I would say I think Freud actually came the best out there, and I was the one to give the lower ratings. So you can't say biased, but what I will say from this launch period, and uh, just to sum them all up, is I don't expect the over-the-top things like one year, I think it was 2000, Benetton bought the car in in Venice and had the car float in on a flotilla and go there. I don't expect like 97 with McLaren, the Spice Girls launching the damn car, you know, and stuff like that. But this has to have been probably one of the most half-arsed, poor launch seasons I can remember. The cars had too much black on and were disappointing. A lot of them just felt they were doing the launches because they had to. And I feel it feels in our reviews because you can only say so many times while it's black and they put some renders out. I think I'm not expecting them to go mega money, but I think this is a launch of the Formula One season. These are your these are your weapons for the year. You need to make it a lot of a bigger thing. And you need to say the F1 season is here. Look at our cars. Bang. You guys are all meant to be in sponsorship, promotion, product placement, all these things. Why are you suddenly becoming more half-arsed on the launches than ever? You know, we're almost back to the point where we don't see the car at all. Then on testing day, oh, here's a car. You know, they need to be start doing a lot more. And they need to, I think Liberty Media are going to be very much looking at these things and going, yeah, we need to make this more of a thing. Because I think, all in all, this is probably one of the worst launch seasons I've seen for a good couple of years. Because it's very... Bar my team, I didn't get that excited. I can remember previous years getting so excited for the McLaren launches and all these different things. And I just didn't feel it this year. It just, like say, it felt more than a necessity than a celebration. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I think, to be honest with that, when you say that, that's the problem. You should be coming and going, oh, I took this and took this from it because that's what launch season should be. And when you're sitting there and you want to add something because of a podcast, but you're literally stuck at the point of going, well, I don't know. That, to me, is that they failed for you. You know, you yeah. as somebody, they, obviously, with the least, least experience and you're learning the sport and you're getting into it, you should be captivated. You should be going, oh, my God, when when that launch got and they built it up and the way they showed the car off and the colours and the life and the energy. And, and what concerns me is for somebody like yourself to go, yeah, I've just got I've got nothing to add because they give you nothing. That 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 does concern me. And especially when you've also got the overbearing thing of this could be another Red Bull walkover season. That's you know, that's going to preview territory, I know. But. When you've got that, you should be promoting your product as best as you can, and the team should all be doing that. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I, I think it's just it was just, just so boring. I didn't watch a single one, actually. I've had to Google all this. Like, <laughs> I, it's just yeah, none of it is fun. It's just oh look, just it, it literally feels like the F one game where did 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 it like this big old thing, and it's just oh it's the same livery as last year. Yeah. The only one that was exciting was. Um, was Salvo, and that's just because it's a new team. Yeah, but weird team, and just because it was so strikingly different. Yeah, so all right, well, we'll wrap up all then. I think the whole thing is that generally most of them need to do better, and I think they, I think the sport as a whole needs to look at the way they do launches in the future and make it more of an event. So we'll go there. Well, we're coming to the end now, so we're going to do um, one little more thing that Nick wants to do, which is Nick's social media review, because Nick is a lot more on the social media side of the F1 teams. I'll catch bits, but um, I don't catch everything, and I'm not really uh, on every app. But Nick, your social media review—you caught a couple of good little bits you want to share this week. So um, tell us what they are. I feel like I need a theme tune. Um, I'll get you one. I will. Thank you. Not for this episode, but I will work on one for you. Um, 
so obviously we had a lot of um there was a lot of videos reposting about um red bull we know what that was about we discussed it so i'm not going there so funny things that i found um this week uh pierre um posted a video of him being brutalized for four minutes that was up on instagram um a few people <laughs> screenshotted it and it's been shared quite a lot some people are finding it funny some people are not it's kind of how you interpret it um did make me giggle um noticed a lot from papaya um that they are really pushing the social part and as they're calling it model era for lando and oscar um obviously they are quite young they have a very young following um so more and more i am seeing some very dodgy role play scenarios coming up oh god I, it's just it does make me giggle but they are creating a massive fan base um and they're quite popular i don't really know you know if that's the thing that floats your boat fine but it is quite popular um the hype definitely is with lando more than oscar um, I don't know if any of you have seen Oscar's mum on Twitter. She is hilarious. Um, she just picks on him, which I love. Um, notice Signs has been a lot more active since the Hamilton thing. Um, but not, I would say, a bit more proactive. So compared to Pierre, he's not getting breathalyzed. He's working out. He's um, out cycling. He's making pancakes, which makes you connect to him like on a personal level like you see him a little bit more um which to me was quite funny um he makes pancakes really weirdly um i don't know <laughs> if, you, if you haven't seen the video go see it he he makes the egg whites fluffy first it's just a bit but you know he also says you know as an insight he doesn't have anything on his pancakes he just has dough is that a weird diet man. thing or he likes it like No, that? he but he genuinely likes the taste of the dough. He says, you know, you may think I'm weird, but I genuinely love the taste of dough. I don't mind the dough, but there's no way I I'm, I'm a sugar and lemon person myself, but too. Yeah, me too. So there was a lot of um there's been a lot of you know a frequent um increase of signs showing more of his healthy lifestyle. I mean, I see Roscoe more than I see Hamilton. Um you know, I think, you know, that's that. Um, one also thing that I've noticed this week, um, obviously, uh, Apple have released their Vision Pro, um, which you maybe think, well, the hell has this got anything to do with F1? Um, so I've seen a few videos of people walking around with it, trying to use it um, in public. So FaceTime, watching videos on YouTube, whilst walking around one thing i have seen quite often and if you haven't seen it i urge you to go and look is when you're at home with it and watching the tv you can see i heard that sneeze bless you um <laughs> is you can have the f1 track in front of you whilst watching the tv so it's almost like it's on your table and you can see the cars traveling around um the accidents it's almost like you're an aerial position um mm -hmm. that sounds cool it looks really cool i'll be honest um 
but I have seen that's a pinpoint for advertisement and that that is probably one of the only really professional things I have seen um, from it. But it does look really cool. You know, that was a part of me. I was like, that's cool. Like, I would like to sit there and be able to look down at this race and see all these cars racing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, oh, that well, is that's... kind of it. That's yeah, I'll have to check that out. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. I've got one of the links to think. If Nick, you can just send me the links. I'll put them in the show description notes for the sites. I'm going to send you, you this Apple Pro and you're going to want it. Oh, don't, don't. Like, honestly. Um, <laughs> I can't is... keep, I've got to spend enough on all the bits. Don't, don't it, add to the list. I think um, Ryan saw it. Did you see the F1? Bit? Yeah. No? Um, And it's like 3D with the track. Um, and I and I do think you know it's the start of something. Definitely the start of something. Um, well, yeah, post a link to the article. Lovingly send it to you. Yeah, and I've got the other one, but send me the size pancakes one as well, and I'll put them, and oh. they'll be in the show. I'll, they'll be in the show notes for you people, and we'll check them out from there. Love the pancakes. So, okay, me too. Oh, I might make some. Pan- I've got the stuff, and I can make some. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay, we're going to wrap up there, people. So, um, just to um, think, uh, next show we'll be covering the testing and season preview because it's a February start of the season. This is so weird. So that'll be out in just over a week or so because one. Well, oh God, the time's so quick. What we're also going to do, we talk about talking about the history of f1 we're going to do that but i'm going to do it in a slightly different way than we were planned i'm going to do podcast on my own where i talk about historical events that have happened in f1 behind him so i can do a bit more research and spend a bit more time on them so there'll be shows on my own where i'm talking about different things i've already got the first topic i breathe ashley more um mostly finished um so i'll be doing that and then we'll just uh, when we get chance between things just chat about like nick's going to listen to him and different bits and how we go from there so that's going to be its own show so that'll be good. Um, also, oh, I've just had the pancake link come through. Cannot wait to check that out. Um, also, um, we'll be um, doing more regular podcasts now, like I say, in different bits. So we are going to be fully here for the season. Thank you to all the um, good response and everything I've had from the first episode. That means a lot. Now, plugs. Um, I'm Ashley and Selena. I stream on Twitch, 1000 underscore stars, if you check me there. Um, this Saturday, if you hear it, I have um, here's a f- very important follow mark. And to celebrate that, I will be doing horrible smoothies and milkshakes, if you want to check that. Um, um, Ryan, you also stream too, honey. Um, do you want to plug your stream? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I may Eric on twitch and tiktok and whatever else you can find <laughs> yep and i will also add that nick is a wonderful moderator for both our uh, channels and they've both helped me set up mine i'd have been completely lost so and um, do you want to plug in any of your socials nick or are you just gonna be like no you, you please go watch my friend stream it makes my life a whole lot easier thank you <laughs> Okay, well, on that note, then, we're going to wrap up. This has been Times Lap episode two. Um, we will be back soon once the testing is done and we'll do our show preview, where I think I think we're not going to hold back on that one because I know we both, during the launch, you said, like, we'll just save that. We'll save that for the actual season preview. So that's going to be fun. So this is me, Ashley and Selena, saying thank you for listening. Have a good time. Nick? Have a lovely day. And bye-bye from Ryan. Bye-bye. This has been Time to Lap. Take care all, and we'll catch you next time. Mwah. Don't be mean to Kevin. <laughs>